You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, I'm your co-host, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert, but I like them a lot. Today we are talking about the boss's request, the love bird, which is sort of funny because... Uh, we might be the two least qualified people on the planet to do this. So <laughs> let me apologize in advance. Carrie, we love you. But yes. We, but we, we're just maybe not that romantic. So we hope this is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with some news, shall we? Do it. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. You know, when you put the word lovebirds into Google News, the only results you get are from, like, celebrity couples. Lovebirds attend premiere. Lovebirds seen on beach. Lovebirds go to restaurant. And you don't get anything for the actual bird, which made this particular episode pretty hard to research and pretty hard to do. And in fact... Uh, I almost bailed on it a couple of times. I almost said, nope, can't do lovebirds. There's just not enough stuff out there for lovebirds. We managed to scrape up a whole bunch, though. Some we stuff scraped up an episode. We scraped one together. We did. We just hope it'll be entertaining because uh, they're little parrots. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, but I do have a news story anyway. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yes, yes. Here's the headline. It is not lovebird related. That's okay. Gas from 2,186 sheep forced plane to make emergency landing in Bali after setting off smoke alarms. A Singapore Airlines Boeing 747 from Sydney was forced to make an unexpected stopover after methane gas set off the fire alarm. The Aviation Herald reports that the cargo flight from Australia to Kuala Lumpur with four crew and 2,186 sheep on board was flying just to the south of Indonesia when the smoke alarm sounded. Crew on board SQ-7108 descended the aircraft immediately and diverted to Bali, where they landed about 45 minutes later. Emergency services didn't find any trace of fire or smoke and identified the cause to be the result of exhaust gases and manure pr produced by the sheep. The plane and its stinky cargo were able to depart the Holiday Island about three hours later. Now, I have questions. Four crew. It says there were four crew on the plane. Hmm. So you have a pilot, and you have a co-pilot. Who were the two other people? Uh, probably people taking care of the sheep. 
Do you think they were like um, like airline employees where they said, okay, we got some good news and we got some bad news? Um, <laughs> oh, you mean like they were they're like, you're going to have to do beverage service for 2,000 sheep today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was more like, okay, you're getting, you're getting paid time and a half today. You're going to Kuala Lumpur. But <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to feed and water two thousand one hundred eighty six sheep. <laughs> Wouldn't you just throw the plane away after that? Wouldn't you just like melt it down and make other planes? Well, I think it's probably likely that they run this kind of stuff all the time. So I would guess that the two other people on board were probably farmers, just people, <laughs> people that maybe some of the sheep owners. I don't know. People that were used to that. Yeah. People that didn't mind sheep farts. I've heard of people being on worse flights. Yeah, I've been on worse flights than that. <laughs> <laughs> it said the plane uh, was able to depart and get up, back up in the air in three hours, so I don't know how much They said you, can do you in had to land so you could open the doors. Oh my gosh. Uh. <laughs> you, you can't really crack a window on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> And you know the dad sheep is in there going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That's what my dad used to do. <laughs> oh, that's what all dads do. It's in the bylaws of being a dad. You have to do that. I didn't know that was in the book. The rule book. <laughs> <laughs> and then you blame it on something out in the road. Now that's just from the road. That's just from the highway. That wasn't me. Oh, that's a different version then, because mine used to go, "Hey, kids." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, you do that too. <laughs> then he wouldn't let you roll down the window. Ha 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 ha! Oh, this is such a highbrow podcast. Asphyxiate us. <laughs> <laughs> NPR, here we come. Yes. All right, let's learn about more lovebirds. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about lovebirds today. A lovebird is a type of small parrot. It's one of nine species of the genus Agapornis. So insert porn joke here. (laughs) Eight species are native to the African continent, and the gray-headed lovebird is native to Madagascar. Their name comes from the parrot's strong monogamous pair bonding and the long periods which paired birds spend sitting together. And the agapornis is actually a Greek word. Agape means love and ornus means bird. So, yeah, love bird. Love bird. Uh, they live in small flocks. They eat fruit, vegetables, grasses, and seed. Uh, black-winged lovebirds also eat insects and figs, and the black-collared lovebirds have a special dietary requirement for native figs, making them problematic to keep in captivity. That's not the only reason they're problematic to keep in captivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that later. Some species are kept as pets, and several color mutations were selectively bred in aviculture, and their average lifespan is about 10 to 15 years. Well, that's not too bad because, I mean, if you really like parrots and the only thing keeping you from getting a parrot is the worry that you might die before they do, (laughs) you know, because a lot of them are really long-lived, then maybe this one would be for you. I don't know. If you're a bird person, a lot of the stuff that we consider kind of annoying and a lot of work, they probably don't care about, so. Exactly. 
But I'm not a bird person. I'm I'm cool with bird pe- people. I have a lot of bird people for friends, but I I they're not my my chosen pet. So no, me neither. I've thought about it before, but they're you know they're cool. They're fine. Yeah, they're a lot of work. Yeah, they are. Tweet 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 tweet. You know that lovebird song at the very beginning. She's that sound, whatever bird it is that's making the sound. It's not a mm-hmm. lovebird, isn't it? No. Oh. Uh-uh. No. Because I forgot to play it, I do have lovebird sounds. Ah. Yeah, didn't it sound different than the one in the song to you? It did. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different bird. Yeah, that sounds like some sort of songbird. Yep. And then lovebirds just kind of sound like fun little parrots. Cheap! Oh. <laughs> they sound like those cheap styrofoam coolers when you get a really cheap styrofoam cooler and it squeaks. <laughs> that's one of my least favorite noises in the world. Listen to them! They're so cute. So, uh, what we're going to talk about today is, uh, we're going to talk about a very romantic Valentine's Day thing, and that, as you mentioned, lovebirds are monogamous, and this is interesting because they are actually truly monogamous, meaning that they are, unlike other species of birds that scientists thought were monogamous for a long time, after observational studies took place where they realized, oh, they, they do mated pairs, but they're not monogamous, because come nesting time, come mating season, they become swingers all of a sudden. So <laughs> this <Right>. is, <laughs> they all turn swinger during the mating season, right? So um, Sure. Think of it like every other bird is your friend that says, oh, I'm a vegetarian, but I love bacon. Yeah. And then the lovebird is like, yeah, is like actually your vegetarian friend yeah. who is sticks Who with really it. is. Yeah, exactly. Right. So... The reason this is unusual is because it's a it's kind of a weird mating strategy for that kind of an animal. You know what I mean? Like normally most birds do the whole math strategy of more babies equals more DNA replication. So let's have as many babies as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, that's what animals do. They they make little copies of themselves. Right. In in as many uh, DNA configurations as we can manage, you know. That way, more surviving babies equals more surviving babies in the future, which equals fitness, which is, it's a good reason to go out and make a lot of babies and not to be monogamous, right? (laughs) Uh, So, there's, but there are a few studies about how monogamy developed in certain species, in several species overall, and what they found is there's a couple of things in common. Um, Monogamous mating species typically have to range really far for their food. And they are able to protect their babies from predators uh, very, very well. So it sounds like some of the species of lovebirds at least are kind of like the guys that eat figs. That might be something you have to kind of range around uh, pretty far away from your nest for. So, But I guess the idea here is that you're just sort of gambling that if you can keep your baby safe and uh, really go out and get a lot of quality food, then, you know, you're sort of tweaking the statistics of survival in your favor so you maybe you can the, that's why the strategy works right so sure. yeah if you can if you can uh if you can protect them and they live they live in holes in trees and stuff and i think i read about a species that makes funnel shaped nests out of nesting materials 
So they sound like they're pretty good at protecting our babies. So ta-da! They are monogamous. They're actually monogamous. <laughs> now, as to the question why people care about animals or are monogamous or not, I don't know. That's it's... a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is it romantic if an animal, you know... I mean, it's not like the male lovebird is going to the store and buying her a box of chocolates or something, you know. Right. I don't <laughs> think. Uh, I, I don't think there are many animals that have actual romantic thoughts. Maybe some of the animals that have like higher intelligence, like your elephants and and some of your great apes, probably, maybe, but I, not lovebirds. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think they're just uh, they. It's Valentine's Day. People love them. They are awfully cute, and they do look really romantic. They make people feel romantic when they look at them snuggling together, and that's probably the important part. So, Sure. Yeah. They are cute. They are cute. Yes. Uh, the thing I found was about lovebirds and uh, their flight, which was, this was really interesting. They're, okay, it says lovebirds are famous for their ability to quickly maneuver through densely cluttered airspace. I don't know about famous. I've never heard of them. I've never heard that fact until when I researched, so... Maybe famous to animal behaviorists or something. That could be, yeah, to bird people. Ornithologists. Or is that, oh, that's right, that's what they're called, ornithologists. <laughs> uh, Stanford engineers now show that this is likely made possible by the bird's ability to turn their heads at a speed that is faster than anything in the animal world. Uh, researchers used high sp stereo high-speed cameras to film the birds as they took off, and performed a rapid turning maneuver before landing on a perch. When they analyzed these stereo vid videos, it showed that the birds could turn their heads at speeds reaching 2,700 degrees per second, as fast as insects, and then they could orient to a new target with really incredible accuracy. They're almost four times faster than humans at solving a similar visual task, hmm. uh, said the first author on the research paper. Basically, if lovebirds could spin their head a full 360 degrees, they could do it so fast that it would go unnoticed by a blinking human. And uh, the whole movement occurs so quickly that there's really no chance for the birds to get dizzy. And the reason that this is important is because they're actually trying to make for military and research and other purposes they're trying to make better drones and they're trying to make the cameras on these drones work better uh -huh. so they're using the lovebird research to inform their design of drone vision systems the researchers noticed that the birds only began turning their heads during the end of the wing downstroke so when their wings were all the way down and so that maximized the length of time that their line of sight could be unobscured by anything yeah but it's still super fast. It's still super fast, yeah. Yeah. So they said if drone gimbals could be as fast as the neck of a lovebird, they would be able to reorient the camera in a single frame, since tr typical drone cameras operate at about 30 frames per second. And so you would only have one blurry frame, and the rest of it would be clear. Hmm. Even during, like, really dramatic maneuvers where they're turning, you know, sharp corners and stuff. Well, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. That is pretty neat. It's that's a crazy cool animal with some <laughs> superpowers, but there's no lovebird superheroes because I checked. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's disclaimer time. The Farmers Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves, so we're going to do it anyway. So, on a scale of one to ten. 
Carrie gave the lovebird a five, and she said, I think they have similar intelligence to the parrot, but that's only something I recall from a zoo person visiting my middle school in sixth grade. Hmm. Um, I gave him a two. Yeah, I think that's low. I'm going to agree with Carrie. I'm going to give him a five. Uh, they are super trainable, and if you put lovebirds into YouTube, you can see people training their little lovebirds and them doing tricks. And a lot of people say that they pick the locks of their cages to get out. So if you can huh. pick a lock, you can you, you can register at a five in my book. That's pretty good problem solving right there. So well, that's kind of neat. I'll have to I'll have to look at that. I didn't see those videos. Yep, I just put in what how smart are lovebirds and on Yahoo Answers and all sorts of places. People were just personal testimonials of. I can't keep my lovebird locked in his cage because he keeps popping the lock open. <laughs> and they'll pick oh, up wow. sticks and stuff and, and and pick the locks and stuff. So Those show notes will be at blazingcariboustudios.com slash lovebirds. You can look at those there. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. The videos are all going to be really fun, too. They're little cute birds. Cool. Uh, we are going to talk about pop culture. We're going to talk about some other stuff, too. And we'll do that right after this message. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, we're a couple of nerds just like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games, except not this week. There's really no lovebirds in pop culture. Here's the rundown. Uh, there's a few movies... There's at least one Broadway production that are either called Lovebird or Lovebirds, and none of them are actually about the lovebird, the actual the, the bird. Uh, also, there's several songs called either Lovebird or Lovebirds, but they also are not about the bird. And like you said in, when we were talking about Lovebirds when we were researching, uh, you said they're mostly too middle of the road to be either really excellent or bad enough to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All the Leopard songs I listened to, and I listened to all of them, they were just like basically very middle of the road music. So, you know, there wasn't anything really exciting, but it wasn't terrible enough to go, oh my god, you have to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> no, <just laughs> mediocre at best. So, Lovebirds, not yeah. so much. No, no video games, no superheroes, no comic books, no nothing this week. Nope. Sorry, nope. gang. Nope. Except for the internet superstar, oh, who you are going to okay. laugh at, and I'm just going to warn the audience in advance, <laughs> because Paul is heartless. <laughs> I, I got yelled at a little bit for, for, for laughing about that squirrel last week. <laughs> well, there's a little internet superstar lovebird who is this little, um, her name is Rhea, and she had a disease that uh, she got some sort of a bird virus that oh boy. Um, made her lose all her feathers, and she's so she's a completely featherless little lovebird, and she is of course incredibly oh, ugly, okay. but is it so cute. R-H-E-A? Mm -hmm. R-H-E-A? 
E-A. E-A, yep. And she has um, fans on the internet all over oh the God. world that all... <laughs> Isn't she adorable? <laughs> Look at her little sweater collection! Oh my god, she's so oh cute! No. <laughs> I just think it's so fun what? that all these people all over the world are sending this lady uh, little sweaters for her. She's modeling her little sweaters. Who needs feathers? Oh no. <laughs> How is this bird still alive? Well, she was very, very oh my sick. God. Um, she, she was so sick that her former owner actually gave her up. So kudos to the lady that adopted yes. her because um, she, out of the kindness of her heart, gave a home to this poor little bedraggled <laughs> little creature. And uh, apparently she's, if you look at videos of her, we'll put some videos on her of her on the show notes. She is so happy. She's such a happy little If you're bird. just listening to the podcast and you're not looking at the show notes, think when you go into the, the, the uh, poultry section at your supermarket, if <laughs> there's like a turkey there or a chicken. Yep. And yep. put a parrot head on that, and that's what Rhea looks like. And then put yes. a sweater over top of that. Yes. But she's so cute. She just runs around and sings, and she's all happy because she's alive. So, you know, I mean, I'd be happy, too, if I were her. Like, I almost died, but that I didn't. amazing. And now I have an awesome sweater. She, you could almost see through. You could see her organs in one of these pictures. You could see through the bird. Yeah, you can. Because her skin, yeah. She just got her skin. Oh, my God. And sweaters. Super fashionable sweaters. I don't know if that's cute or if that's nightmare fuel. Um, well, it's, you know. Oh, my goodness. I guess if you're a heartless, <laughs> if you're a heartless person. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just think it falls into the so ugly it's cute category, that's all. Sure. And she's such a sweet little bird. She's so happy. Well, yeah, she's got awesome sweaters. She's got a nice owner. She's got a nice life. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see why she'd be yeah. happy. Okay. She's a very happy little bird. I gotta stop bird. looking at this little thing. <laughs> Keep laughing. <laughs> oh, she is funny. I'll give you that. She is very funny, but she's so cute. She's so happy. Kudos to that lady. Good for her. Uh, I went to Reddit, and I put out a little call, and I said, hey, tell me something about lovebirds, because I can't find anything. And I got a couple of responses from lovebird owners. Mm-hmm. One of them said, I can only speak from personal experience, but my lovebird is the most high-energy, emotionally needy animal I've ever owned. He's an incredible companion, but I think people seriously underestimate how much parrot they are because they're so small. Prospective owners need to be prepared to have a very smart, scheming, obnoxious pet. <laughs> I have never felt love from an animal like he gives me. He also goes on to say the idea that lovebirds need to live in pairs is a complete urban myth. Lone lovebirds can do great as long as they get plenty of interactive, hands-on attention from their owners. They're also quite possessive. My lovebird gets insanely jealous if I show any attention to my other pets, including my other birds. He thinks everything should be about him all the time, and he will bully the other animals if he thinks I'm choosing them over him. And then another Reddit user said they are a lifetime commitment, messy, loud, nippy, and not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not for you or me either, sounds like. No, we're not bird people, but bird people might like them. Maybe. I have a friend who's a bird person, and she's got some, I think that she has a macaws, um, which is a totally different kind of thing. So, but uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and the other couple of things that I read were like, if you want to start owning a bird, first of all, go to somebody's house where they have a bird and hang out there for a while. And see what you think about it. And see what you think about it. And then start off with like a cockatiel, because that's kind of like the Fisher Price, my first pet bird of birds. I like birds. I thought about getting a bird a couple of times over the years, but I was thinking like a parakeet or a budgerigar, you know? Because they're little and they just seem like they're easier to manage. They're still super messy and stuff, but... Uh... Well, they just poop anywhere they want to. You don't, you don't really house train a parrot. Or, I mean, a, a, a love bird. Yeah. I guess a lot of bird owners say their birds go into their cages to poop anyway, so... But they just, they just kind of get used to it, so... But I don't know. I don't know what birds are capable of doing that or whatever, so... When we were talking about ravens, I know raven owners are like, nah, they only poop over... Um, in their pooping area, so. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really area. smart animal, so. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But the thing is that if you want to have birds, you got to think about how many predators you have in your house. And I have four. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have chihuahuas, but let's not make any mistake here. They are small dogs. They are still bigger than most birds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my uh, chihuahua, Odie, used to eat the uh, baby fledglings that fell out of their nests in the backyard oh, at my no. folks' house. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like just because he's a chihuahua that he's just somehow forgotten that he's a carnivore, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Sounds like any bird might not be a good fit in your house. Yeah, and I have two cats as well. So. Oh, jeez. And cats aren't the greatest problem solvers in the world, but if it comes to getting a, um, a bird out of its cage so they can eat it, you'd be surprised what sorts of things they can do. <laughs> oh, They'd be like, well, we can't break into the cage, so we better shove it off the table and see if it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Every cat knows that if you shove stuff off of a high surface, it might break. <laughs> they do that for fun, so, you know. So that's why I don't I don't have them. But. I think I know the answer to this question already, but would you eat lovebirds? I don't think so, but mostly because they're so tiny and they're super expensive. They're like $40 to $240 a bird, depending on the species. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're crazy expensive, and they're really small. So I think I'd kind of feel like a Roman emperor at a banquet, you know. Bring me the honey-dipped lovebird in fish sauce. I'd be all leaning back on a divan or whatever. (laughs) I didn't even think about the price. I just thought there's got to be as much or maybe a little more meat on a lovebird than there is on a a chicken wing. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of them. They're not endangered. So I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'll have uh, 12 medium garlic lovebirds, maybe a half a dozen teriyaki. Some extra blue cheese and extra celery sticks, please. Well, let's be truthful. There are a couple of species of them that are endangered. Oh, are they? Yeah, pretty oh, I didn't. I didn't like get that. that far in my research either. Oh, no. No, you mentioned earlier the ones that eat the figs. Those guys are a little bit a little bit endangered. So. Oh, okay. Oh, no, those guys aren't good for... That's not what it was. It's They're not good for uh, private or for being in captivity. But actually, I think that was one of the species that's endangered. So there are a couple of species in Africa that are kind of on the brink. So okay, well, I don't. I guess I don't want to eat lovebirds then. But I do want wings now. I am hungry. Well, I think you could probably get away with eating the ones that are just raised in captivity in the United States. But 
The question is, why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, they, again, they've got hardly any meat on them, and if you just want wings, just get wings. Just right? get wings. Yeah. Yep. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, first of all. <laughs> so you kind of don't need to go to the pet store to get your... No, that would be bad. <laughs> Hey, Donna. Yes? Is your brain a repository of useless information just like mine is? Clearly not today, but usually, yes. <laughs> well, let's help our listeners win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. And my fact of the week was that President Lyndon B. Johnson was the last president to own birds, and he had a pair of lovebirds. Oh. And that's it. I tried to do more research. I tried to find out if the lovebirds had names. I tried to find out how long he had them, why he had them. Couldn't find anything. It, everything I found just said, yep, he had lovebirds. Yeah, people are pretty, you know, crap about keeping records with that kind of stuff sometimes. So recently, it's like we know everything. Everything. Yeah. Maybe too much. <laughs> he had a bunch of pets. He had, like, two cats and five dogs and... There was a really famous picture of him picking his dog up by the ears, which really pissed people off. Yeah. And then, and then he had two lovebirds. Well, good for him. My other animal fact just has to be a, a biology thing, because that's pretty much all there is, so. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, use, they use their beaks to climb and chew. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. They, they like to to uh, use them sort of an ex as an extra, like a hand, so. Is that why um, people, like... They'll give the empty toilet paper roll to their bird to give him something yeah. to do, something to chew yeah. on. Yeah, because bird beaks are made of keratin, like fingernails. Okay. So they need to chew on stuff to keep healthy. And I think that that's probably all birds, or at least all parrots. I don't know about all birds. But... Their beaks aren't like, they're not like teeth or claws that'll keep growing if they don't sharp, you know, if they don't chew on something, are they? Like I think they are, actually. Oh, like, really? Like fingernails and hair, yeah. Because they're made of keratin, which is the same thing as fingernails and hair. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And feathers, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think they have to chew on stuff all the time to stay healthy. Which is yeah. not a problem if you are a responsible pet owner. Do you have anything else for lovebirds this week? No. Um, I guess I could probably just say that they are extremely cute. They come in a lot of interesting, neat colors. And I think why people associate them with valentine's day is not necessarily their monogamous behavior i think it's because when they're sitting on a perch next to each other you can see quite a lot of compositions where they are sitting in the form of what we would interpret as a heart shape oh right that's why i think they got to be kind of valent it's just my personal opinion there's no research behind this it's just visually as an artist looking at all the art of lovebirds trying to find something pop culturally and uh, just noticed that there was a lot of heart shape renderings and a lot of heart shape pictures of them on the like photographs of them on oh, pictures yeah. next to each other so i would i would suspect that that's how they came to be associated with valentine's day in so many people's minds so cool anyway that's the that's that thank you carrie and her lovebird james for the cute bird and ha we wish you a happy valentine's day and uh thanks for the birdie that was fun yeah and they're getting married too yes I know. they're getting married in a few months and james is a listener as well 
Excellent. So thank you, guys. May you Thanks, forever guys. sit on a perch next to one another and feed each other nuts, nuts and, seeds. and fruit. Yeah, and fruit. Yes, <laughs> and be in a heart shape. <laughs> Hey, thanks everybody for listening. The Varmints Podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo. And me, Donna Hume. And you can find me at, at tiny underscore rage and at dystopia, uh, dystopian tiny rage dot myportfolio.com. Technical support by Matthew Chomo and music by Kevin McLeod. Go to blazingcariboustudios.com slash varmints for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Varmints Podcast, all one word. Varmints Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. Keep those suggestions coming. Yes, please. And we would love it if you took the time to leave us a nice review on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts from. Thanks again for listening, and until next time... Be nice to animals! You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtailed wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the... Shit it!